Everybody, welcome to the Comic Book Dungeon podcast. I am coming to you from underground in the Comic Book Dungeon. I am Mark, and I'm Cruz, coming to you live from the Comic Book Strip Club. <laughs> it's so funny because there is a pole in the background. It is a stripper pole in the background. Yes. Okay. It's excellent. not mine. <laughs> and uh, joining us today, as you guys have heard, is we have. Uh, your favorite Scooby-Doo related podcast. We have the Scooby Dudes. We have Evan and Luke. Hey folks, I'm Luke. Thank you so much for having us. Mark yeah, and Bruce, respectively. It's so funny um, because uh, you guys are in a dungeon and in a strip club respectively, whereas Luke and I are in a, a dungeon strip club. It's a, it's a dungeon where we are prisoners strip. Yeah. That's all right. The only that's what you were setting me up for, right, Evan? This is our brand. We kind of want to get it out there early. But a strip club is kind of a dungeon for hopes and dreams, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) very accurate. Where where your hopes and dreams are locked up for committing crimes, perhaps. Or it's you know only one lap dance away from getting the the money to get into dental hygienist school, or exactly, yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of daughters, dude. I got to pay for college somehow. (laughs) Oh no. Wait, you, yeah, you you make all of your daughters strip to pay for your college. That's that's what I, I can do that too. <laughs> you know, that, it's that not too. that was not an illogical uh, way to get there. It, it doesn't yeah. not make sense. It it does not not make sense. Absolutely. Make sense. So, I am going to get held accountable by your wife for that statement. As is these two guys who have never even met your wife. So thanks for throwing us all under the collective spouse bus. I just want other people's wives to talk about me, so that's fine. <laughs> you do want that, Evan. You ask no, that of sure every married listens. man you meet. Hey, can you can you talk to me about your wife? Talk to your wife about me, even. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> I, the best thing I ever heard someone else's wife say was, uh, I'll be thinking about you every time I take a hot shower. Whoa. Isn't that yeah. better than huh? That, a cold that shower? What's the best temperature shower for that oh, statement oh, oh, to be accompanied with? I replaced her water heater. <laughs> oh. Oh. I was going to say, I, did, I didn't see a punchline there. This seemed very <laughs> racist. Just, I ended somebody's relationship. That wasn't really a good punchline in my mind. I'm glad you, you clarified that. Well, I, I mean, maybe it is. All the time when I see him at work. I say, hey, your wife still think about me every time she showers? And he comes back and he says, absolutely. And then everyone else looks at us like, what the fuck is going on here? Which is the correct response. <laughs> do, do you think about his wife every time you replace a water heater now? Does it work the other way as well? <laughs> it goes both ways. Because honestly, uh, dude, that's kind of effed up. That's kind of too intimate. Like, No, uh, no I don't. <laughs> mind out a gutter, bro. By the way, I, I think about somebody else's wife every time I clean the gutters. Okay, there you go. Yeah, you do it once. Uh, I really appreciate you guys having us on the podcast to to take things in the direct, the only direction I can imagine you'd want it to go. This is this is your typical kind of conversation, right? Yep, pretty much. Actually, yeah, it is. Just yeah. with more voices. This is nice. Yeah, we're glad that you guys could come on. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I maybe this is I don't know. Take this whatever way I guess you will, but I think you guys kind of have a similar freewheeling format as us. So I thought it would be fun. Okay. I'm going to take that as a compliment, by the way. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, really we, nice we, to get 
I think yeah. both podcasts aren't afraid to explore tangents for like 20 minutes that have things or maybe that's an exaggeration, but things that seem organic at the time, but have nothing to do with, say, comic book dungeons True. or Scooby-Doo. 101 Dalmatians a lot, so. We do reference that. We also reference Clayton's death in Tarzan a lot. Oh, it's an time. odd episode where that doesn't come <laughs> up. Do you guys remember that from Tarzan? Oh, yeah, I remember Clayton's death. Yeah, I have the, not seen rope, the hang, the silhouette. The... Yeah, 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 the slow fall. Yeah. It's frightening stuff, but also he deserved it, right? He like, he deserved, deserved it. it. He got what was coming. Yeah. Most Disney characters, I feel, who meet a grizzly end, it's well-deserved. Yeah. How about Gaston? Did Gaston deserve it? Why do you say Oh, absolutely, like Gaston deserved it. I, I, this is so funny, because I just listened to the episode where you guys had gone off on a couple Beauty and the Beast tangents, because you had just seen the movie. Oh, yeah. So, oh, wait, okay, oh, so yeah. what did you think about the freaking relationship between um, Gaston and, oh, what's the freaking guy? What's the uh, other guy's LeFou. name? LeFou. LeFou. That's right. I didn't, I actually still haven't seen that movie. Have, have you guys seen the live act? Oh, I did not think this was going to be the thing I should have seen before coming on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're at 50% have seen, so I think we're okay. <laughs> You're not alone. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. But no, wait, your question about LeFou. What did you think about LeFou? What did I, we think? I think, what was his name? Josh. Josh, Josh Gad. Josh Gad. I, you know, in, in watching the animated one and comparing it, yeah, there was a little bit of kind of LeFou kind of, I don't know, being a little non-binary yeah, and maybe worshiping Gaston maybe a little like bit light too Light homoeroticism. Yeah, it was it was a little light in, in the in, in the animated one, but I think in the live action, he turned it up a notch. And yeah, it, he's canonically he's supposed to be at least from the director's perspective, LeFou is gay in the world of the live action Beauty and the Beast. Right. Yeah. He he turned. I could I could see where some people that, are, that have stick up their ass were a little more upset about it. I thought it was kind of. <laughs> kind of humorous uh my kids all watched and they were all like yeah he's gay and i was like okay cool we're good they're like yeah we're good i'm like all right awesome so i think this is where some of our personal politics are going to show what i do know about the movie and made me laugh was the is everybody here familiar with the million moms the organization that there are one million mothers one million mothers yes that uh i'm actually not familiar with this are you really not no, I'm oh. not. I guess I I just sign every Facebook petition that comes across my desk. So I think I am one of those one million mothers, but I don't know what I signed. What, what oh, you is know that? how in the sewers of New York City, a number of rats will get their tails tangled together this and they'll become the known rat as king of the mothers? rat king? Yeah, it's a million mothers. It's actually only several thousand, but they like to call themselves the million mothers because they're liars. <laughs> Why don't we call ourselves the Scooby Dudes? Why aren't we like... One million, one million Scooby Dudes. We can have all the more power in, in trying to influence the, the Scooby Doo. But what is a million mothers? I still don't know. What is that? Oh, they're a conservative group, and this is not the first time they've tangled with Disney. But they always make loud noises, and they were very upset that how dare Disney in a movie with like talking teacups and dancing clocks show okay, somebody you who can't is not call a... them that. They don't like being called talking teacups. That's <laughs> a little. <laughs> Is I that actually a haven't heard that slur yet. That's a new one to me. I'm going to write that down in my little slur book. In, my, in this movie that's about bestiality and, and talking <laughs> talking cutlery, it's inappropriate to have somebody who's like not a, uh, like a, a, a 
straight cis male. So that was their... We like that you made him the villain. That's good. You're nesting homosexuality on the bad guy side, but not enough. I will say, and and this is me being very honest, before we agreed to be on this podcast, I was more reticent than Luke because I know that within the comic book community, or for fans of the medium, people skew politically a different direction a lot of the time. That has always surprised me, but that's very true. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, that was pretty much our one concern. Unfounded, it turned out to be, just that, like, oh, hey, are we going to be on the same page? Is this going to be, like, a good brand mesh for us? We're happy (laughs) to talk about anything, literally anything, except that. But, like, I I really am a fan of your guys' podcast, and I think you guys do great work. I I don't even know what to say to that. Thank you. We don't, we haven't gotten a lot of feedback yet outside of my mom, who always tells us to, like, tone down the fecal talk. So that's really exactly. good. Thank you. Speaking my wife won't listen. About so. that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my! We actually went out to see the cruises recently, and when we were playing Cards Against Humanity, the card that oh, my God. wife played for me oh, was boy. starting starting a shitty podcast. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Oh man, you botched the delivery. Okay, I will. Okay. I will leave this okay. to you. Okay, leave this to me, please, sir. Okay, as a matter of fact, I have the picture, all right? So, hold on. I have the picture, okay, which does absolutely no good given that we're doing an audio format, but it will help me under, uh, get this verbatim of what your wife did in her her heinousness because this was definitely a slight. There's no way it could be taken as anything but. So, we're, we're playing Cards Against Humanity. We're having a really good time of it. It's like freaking – this was at this was at Pyology. Okay. It's a pizza joint. Um, I don't know if they have them out where you guys are at or not. Or not. I don't think so, but I've heard of it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we went down there and uh, we were having a good time. We we're playing cards against humanity and trying to do it in hushed tones because, like, all these kids and moms are walking by <laughs> us and we are being absolutely horrible fucking people. And uh, the the card he pulled which for some reason I cannot find a picture, which makes me extremely angry. Anyways, it was, uh, Dear Abby, I'm having trouble with blank. Could you give me any advice? And the response his wife picked was starting a shitty podcast. <laughs> That's the advice. That's what you need to do. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was definitely a burn. I, I know I have a picture somewhere, and it's going to go up on our Instagram feed eventually. I was, uh, it's actually, you know what? It's on my wife's Facebook. I'm going to have to go get that off of her. Well, you know, if I may say so, I wish my wife restricted her disparaging comments about our podcast to card games. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad this is something that we, uh, we can, uh, we can all bond over here. The, the, the the unsupported spouses. Yes. Because your wife also, I can't remember if it was my wife or your wife who brought up the, has his podcast ruined your life as well? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. That was a great. You know, I mean, here we are. You, you know, Mark and his wife had flown from you know Michigan to Southern California. My wife and I had driven like freaking two hours to come see him, and we're having a good time. And out of fucking nowhere, has this ruined your life as well? <laughs> or how dare you? Oh man, wow. all of our wives. We all have wives. <laughs> Look at all of our wives. We're just so successful romantically. We've all crossed exactly. that finish line. Exactly. Every one of us. That is that is an interesting way to measure romantic success in is as married or not married. I Yeah. I'm not sure I would agree. <laughs> I, I I am with Mark on this one. 
I would not measure romantic success as whether you are married or not. Gotcha. Just me and Evan, then. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I actually want to go back a minute to something that uh, Evan had talked about with politics and comic books. Because, I mean, that's definitely something where, I think at least in the United States, politics has become so much more of people's identity since 2016. And comic book fans have always been notorious just notoriously shitty you know, i am gonna kill myself and burn down my house because you changed this character's costume but it's the right-wing backlash at a lot of recent marvel decisions i've kind of been really baffled about it's marvel has always been a very liberal company i mean there's an issue back in the 70s where they literally had nixon like hang himself in the yeah like yeah, yeah. pentagon and for you to say that now I don't like these liberal viewpoints in my comic. Like, what comics have you been reading about taller? It's like we talked about, I think, last or episode, Star Trek Discovery, where uh, white people were calling it white genocide in space because there were. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what show have you been watching if you're it, where you have totally missed this this tolerance message? It's just it, it baffles mm. me. Yeah, uh, I I wholeheartedly agree with you there. I mean, I, the the hard thing is is seeing these people because I mean. For for me, comic book wise, I I only really talk to Mark. I've got another buddy of mine, and we're we're fairly, if not left left of center, kind of people, and uh, and and seeing all this ultra right wing freaking pushback on 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 not only comic books, I'm seeing a lot of it in sci fi in general, is a, a little disheartening because if anything, those are two genres of fiction that are the most uh, embracing and open and inclusive. Yeah, it's kind of, it's interesting hearing that uh, the culture of comics is perhaps a little bit more varied or is spread across a wider spectrum than I'd ever thought of it as. Uh, Perhaps because I've never been connected with the comic community, really. I've always read comics in isolation. So, and and because of that, I don't really feel like there's, I've had a lot of engagement with, uh, I guess, some of the ideas that you guys are, are mentioning are out there. I don't know. It's interesting. I think it's, it's, there's a lot of, um, I think one of the things is within the world of comic books, there's this idea that things can change, but not too much. And I think that really lends itself to conservatism, right? Where like, there's, there's no like actual real quantifiable progression. Mm. Yeah. Definitely a weird field that way where we want different stories. We don't want the same thing over and over again, but if this character evolves, I'm out and I'm angry. Yeah, like Spider-Man uh, becomes like the CEO of like a company, and then people are like, "Oh, now he's too much like Tony Stark." But at the same time, don't you want Spider-Man to become like a better? Do you want him to like progress like as a human being? Yeah, and he's always, I think, been a character that struggled with that, and how much Marvel for years tried to do away with his marriage before he finally, before they finally did, because they couldn't handle like how do we tell stories about a married Spider-Man? And it's the same thing with any characters having kids. That's usually like the kiss of death for that character or that kid gets retconned out within a couple of years. Yeah, you kind of need things to stay the same when it comes to a lot of your dynamics and progressions. And I feel like having a character married off is uh, you, you, you can no longer have that romantic tension, which is a huge draw for a lot of stories, I think. Yeah. And I think that's what Marvel had said for years, that mm. they wanted to do more romantic stuff with Spider-Man. And this is just my opinion, because I, I, I dropped off as of Spider-Man, uh, and I actually left Marvel for a while over like the, the retconning of Spider-Man's wife. I wasn't Come one of those to the people. the dark side. 
Oh yeah, that's when I I had never read DC and I spent years getting caught up on DC and then DC like rebooted their whole line with the new 52 and I'm like maybe one character losing their marriage isn't that big of a deal. <laughs> I, I guess in my mind what really I don't mind change and if you hate Spider-Man's marriage then take the adult like do the adult thing and have a divorce, have them separate, but don't do this deal with the devil like with Mephisto and it magic out so it never happens. I mean it's that's ridiculous. People get divorced all the time. You need to give people some credit with these characters. Now, I guess that's hard when you have, again, people screaming about, you changed this person's costume. I don't like who this person's dating. Why does Spider-Man now have money? This isn't my Spider-Man. Like, hashtag not my Spider-Man. I mean, this, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, I guess I can see that. But it's, it's a very weird fandom. Yeah, I, I could see how, uh, the creators could be, or yeah, the they'd be caught between a rock and a hard place because you need to see things progress to have any kind of story. But how much change is too much change or is intolerable? And it is funny that we'd sooner change the fabric of reality than bring divorce on screen, like a thing that 50% of marriages end in. <laughs> and that's our marriage is going to end in that any minute now. It's a reality. It's a frank reality. And it's... I think them, it was a mistake for them to try to move Spider-Man backward. You didn't need Spider-Man to be that character that every teenager, like, he's he's doing homework. He's trying, like, to, he has to leave prom to fight Dr. Octopus. I think Marvel's always done good at introducing those new characters. I mean, they have the ultimate Spider-Man, who's now in the, the, the normal universe, a Miles Morales, who very much has those problems. I think it's okay. And this is what I think a lot of people struggle with in the comic industry now just because Marvel puts it out doesn't mean as a hardcore comic fan that every comic book is for you. They have teen drama books. They have books that uh, skew more towards, I think, uh, female readers because they're the biggest growing demographic. And you get so much hate. Like, there wasn't even a superhero or supervillain fight in this book. And all they did was talk about dating. And the younger gay Iceman talked about boys for 20 minutes. Like, this is ridiculous. Well, that's because that book maybe isn't for you, 40-year-old straight man who voted for Donald Trump. And also, <laughs> I say this as like someone who's unemployed right now. Mm. Maybe it's nice that you're not buying all of these books. Maybe it's nice to save money. I don't understand this whole, like, well, I'm buying all of these books. It's like, well, stop them. Buy the ones that you like. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's also kind of measures down to a little bit of the whole entitlement thing where, you know, people feel that they they're entitled to a certain character, you know, just because they've been with that character for X amount of time. I'm actually I, I'm going to say something here a bit controversial. I brought up uh, you do Iceman. feel entitled to characters. Excuse me. No, I'm sorry. I'm dying to hear this. <laughs> well, I, um, people feel entitled to characters, to, to characters progressing. The thing that, I guess, going back to the Spider-Man, how he, the divorce didn't seem organic because the devil did it. I'm all, I'm very big into the inclusion in comic books. I like having more diverse characters. I was not a huge fan of the Iceman coming out of the closet story arc, just because it didn't feel organic to me. And uh, I, so... hate to, I, I hate to talk about it, uh, just because I feel like it lo loops me in with all these people who... You know, I don't need more gay character. Like it's it, it's not going to hurt you to have inclusive books. It just it didn't feel organic with what was already established. I'm sorry. So for ahead. for Luke who doesn't have his finger on the pulse, maybe as much as I or anyone else in this conversation does. Um, so the original five X Men: Cyclops, Beast, Iceman, Angel, Jean Grey came from the past into the present, um, and they started. I don't know, living different lives than they would have in the '60s, I guess. And at one point, Jean 
who I think this is a really fascinating what they did with her. She's very irresponsible because she doesn't have Professor X around. Hmm. She used her powers in a lot of ways that are pretty awful, actually. Yeah. Um, because some of them were like, we should go back to the past. And she used her mind powers to be like, you don't want to go back to the past. And she is the one who sort of, um, without permission, searched through Bobby's psyche and was like, Bobby, you're gay. You're closeted. So she made him gay, like reverse conversion therapy? She didn't make him gay, but she outed him without really oh. his permission or really his knowledge but, of his but own. But it's portrayed as he is genuinely gay and she's... Correct, yeah. But she is pushing him without his permission. Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying, yeah. What she had said is, she's like, you need to stop like fronting Bobby, you like boys. And he's like, you, she's like, no, you're wrong, Gene. She's like, no, that's all you ever think about. And I guess that's my issue with it. It's Gene and Professor X because then they had they confronted old Iceman and they're like, he's gay. You know, why aren't you? And he admitted to being closeted this whole time. And so what they by choosing it to be Iceman instead of, say, a different X character, Iceman has been an X-Men since he was, I believe, 14 in that original issue. Mm-hmm. And Professor X and Iceman or and Gene Grey for most of his life have been scanning his brain and to see the torment that he was in by pretending oh. to be something he was not, that makes them truly despicable characters. It retroactively makes them dicks. <laughs> no, you know what? <laughs> Professor Xavier, that's not... I mean, he's... I think that's accurate. Oh, yeah, he's a monster. Like, I, do you, have you read some of the classic old X-Men, like, where he just, like... He would constantly mind wipe like Angel's parents, or like, here, sit in this closet while we fight Juggernaut, like, for the next day or so. Yeah, he's I've, done some... Even I think he's a monster from browsing Wikipedia pages. Just from, like, what we must assume about him from Legion, he must be a monster. Oh, I forgot that you watched Legion. That's always a surprise to me. I watched the first season. I haven't kept up on two. Even the conception of Legion is pretty monstrous. I, I work in the mental health field, and there's so many rules on uh, just, just protocol and ethics. He met... Um, legion's mom when she was comatose and he used his psychic powers to help she was his patient and it was like literally after like a, within like a day of getting her out of the coma he's like using his position to date her wait, that wait, is wait. super so you're saying that that's not how you met your spouse <laughs> oh no yeah um, it's... i uh i i kind of need my wife not to hear this episode man can you can you cut that piece out is that my no but that is that is messed up and i didn't even pick up on that piece yeah yeah he just totally you were in a coma i fixed you she's like i'm so grateful and he's like yeah let's see how grateful i mean he didn't say it like that but that was the the the, the implication to it yeah and it was yeah he's he's a guy who has all these morals and preaches and he absolutely believes them until they become a little inconvenient and then it's like i'm gonna mind wipe washington dc when Scott, you don't have Xavier... a third party. Uh, when he died in AVX, I was like, oh no, not him. Please stop. They're super schizophrenic about him because they constantly, like, he wasn't around for almost the entire 1980s because he was, like, living in space. They constantly killed him, put him in a coma, moved him to space because he's not a good character to, to, to have around because he's too powerful and he's mm. just not compelling. And I, I think a lot of the most interesting X Men stories of the past, however many maybe like two decades have been because he's not around it was cool to see wolverine and cyclops sort of take two sides of the good mutants and like lead them in two different directions 
I mean, like, is there there is no equivalent on uh, like the Avengers side of Professor X, like one true leader who's got like powers that enable him to completely control and manipulate everybody else. And or I guess, is that even a fair way of looking at it? I, I would say the closest, and uh, maybe Evan might disagree, would be Iron Man. Because when he's at his most Machiavellian, he likes to manipulate a lot of variables. Mm. Yeah. But, but I think the difference between... I think with the X-Men, the X-Men started as an adult man and five teens. Whereas with mm. the Avengers, it's always been like, we're all adults here. So X-Men kind of has the Batman uncomfortableness of like, yeah, I'm just going to take these little orphan children. They're mine now. Professor X was in love with Jean in the first issue. He was. Like he has this, yeah, he has this thought of like, she must never know what? how in love I am with this 15-year-old girl. Oh my goodness, that's like a killing joke, the animated movie type of like uncomfortable <laughs> twist. The retcon from the 1980s, if you uh, guys are familiar with the Fantastic Four, of how Reed met Sue was re-rented. Really really creepy Wait, she what? was what like she was like 13 or 12 or something and she like lived at the in the house that like he like reed richards in college like rented a room at so he was like 20 and she was like 12 and it was like they're both like we always knew we were gonna be like like we were gonna fall in love and have kids that is certifiably creepy wow <laughs> it's a different time <laughs> creepy time <laughs> oh my goodness so I guess you guys are telling me that Scooby-Doo doesn't have these same sort of uh, 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 issues in it. It doesn't have perhaps quite so loaded a history in that regard. Um, the parts that are kind of effed up about Scooby-Doo, I would say, Evan, correct me if you disagree, um, are messed up because it should be completely clean and cheery. And it's like, why why is this an issue that's even coming up in Scooby-Doo? Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the casual racism. <laughs> like, yeah, the casual racism is... Uh, is actually one of my favorite parts about Scooby-Doo. I think that's uh, the one thing I would not I want to see change. Yeah, that's probably the worst thing when you go back. The racism and sexism that's very much of the time is messed up about Scooby-Doo. I guess the rest is just kind of uncanny. Cause I think the thing about the racism in Scooby-Doo is it's not like old Looney Tunes levels of racism or like Peter old. Pan, like D- Disney Peter Pan racism. Or like I just watched in this last month an old one of like the thirteen abandoned old Disney shorts called Coal Black. That Ooh, was a no. Snow White parody. That, that was doesn't sound good. Wait, are you serious? I am dead serious, and it was the most racist thing I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. It was astonishing. I'm not even going to describe anything that's in it, but it was. Uh, I mean, it's messed up, and Scooby Doo never hits nearly that level of like uh, Song of the South in, uh, racism. But it's it's got some uncomfortable parts. I, I think it makes it a little bit more insidious. Yeah, yeah, yeah because it's not so it. bad. You can kind of just be like, well, it's not this, and you're more willing to forgive it. Yeah, but for the most part, I think you're right. Scooby-Doo doesn't have quite as fraught a history as perhaps some comic series. This is, this is a little bit, I'm just sort of like creating connections between all these conversations. Mm. Um, because we've been talking about how... <clears throat> To the original five X-Men, there was a Professor Xavier character. What if there was one for the Scooby-Doo game? What would be their Professor Xavier? Yeah. Would that that make sense? Like, the storytelling possibilities behind that? There is sometimes, like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, a relatively short-lived iteration, where Vincent Van Gogh, a character played by Vincent Price, is kind of the Professor Xavier figure. He has... Uh, powers way beyond any of the main characters and he guides them and kind of directs them and 
Loki hits on Daphne from a position of authority, which is kind you of messed up. Is oh um so, yeah, an older an older man and the young redheaded teen. An older man <laughs> in a position of authority who's like, you guys must do what I command. Also, what's your number, Daphne? Literally asks her that. <laughs> so it's uh I guess there are moments the more I think about it. But I think one of the things about Scooby Doo is that it's always been a cartoon first. So it's there's been very few iterations that are aimed at a more adult demographics, especially exclusively at more adult demographics, except for some comic series like uh, Scooby-Doo Apocalypse. Which we have really not... Have you guys... So, to the... Not that I'm not a comic book reader, I am, but to the other two comic book readers, have you read any Scooby-Doo comic books? I have the first volume of the Scooby-Doo Apocalypse. I've only read a couple pages. It kind of threw me off. I thought it was going to be more of like the cartoon Scooby-Doo that like the zombie apocalypse happens in and the characters, at least for, like, like from the first couple of pages, aren't those same equivalent characters. They seem very different than the cartoon counterparts. Yeah, I'm not very well read on Scooby-Doo comics. I'm mostly an uh, animated uh, kind of guy and watching that. That's pretty fair. And by the way, uh, Scooby-Doo Apocalypse, if you ever do want to get back into it, is not good. Not worth it. <laughs> You've read, if you ever want to get back into it, don't. Don't sounds like it. you read a few too many pages, my friend. So I would leave it there. But I would my, agree. My criticism, which we uh, mentioned in our first coverage of the first issue, these characters do not like one another. Yeah, it's got some of that in it. And it's also got, I mean, just uh, the way that they pace the dialogue out with the action is really clunky, I think. Half of the panels, you can't see what's going on because there's a giant dialogue box telling you what's going on. But uh, that's Apocalypse for you. It, it's super weird to me, the opportunity that they missed, because I thought it was going to be more... I know it's DC, so it's different companies, but like a few years ago, the Undead Archie and uh, uh, like from Archie Comics... Afterlife with Archie, mm-hmm. or even going back like 20 years ago, or 25 now, mm-hmm. like the Punisher meets Archie, yeah. or uh, yeah, Archie versus the Predator. I thought it was going to be more like that, like you're taking a cartoon and putting them in a real-world like crisis and seeing how they don't stack up. I thought that was going to be kind of the a funny joke and it, it, like you said it was too felt very angsty to me and it's very not what i was looking yeah. for yeah i watch coming of age anime and it felt angsty to me like it was like this is a little bit much but uh <laughs> yeah i'd say scooby-doo doesn't have the strongest comic book presence that i've seen although there are some more kid-friendly series that i think are quite enjoyable there was the one that we watched or read with uh cave johnson scooby-doo team up scooby-doo team up that Touched on a lot of old comic, uh, kind of pulpy, serialized characters. With Cave Johnson. I'm trying to remember that. I've heard that name before. Uh, the Challengers of the Unknown, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. There were a couple of different pulpy groups. That I don't know if they um, were even comics originally or if they were serialized uh, short stories or what have you. Kit Carson. Is it Kit Carson? And his cybernetic eye is the... It, it was Cave Johnson and the cybernetic eye. Oh, it, so that's it's the same person. That was yeah. Cave Johnson, yeah, yeah, because he had um, he had two new series under the Young Animal imprint. Cave, okay. Cave, yeah, it was like Cave Johnson and his cybernetic eye, and then after Milk Wars, it was Cave Johnson and his intergalactic eye. Okay, I got that reference from somewhere way out of left field. <laughs> <laughs> that that book looks pretty cool. I um, don't read DC. I just like read comic book news. Are you sure it's Cave Johnson? Is it is it something else? I think it's something else because uh, Cave Johnson. I remember Cave Johnson from Portal Two. I, I think we're all. Good. Oh no! I think. <laughs> K- 
Cave Carson has a cybernetic Cave eye. Carson. <laughs> okay. it's, it's yeah. Carson. Cave Johnson is Portal 2. Yes. <laughs> I was completely wrong on that one. That's my mistake. I, I was like, Cave Johnson, okay. I remember that name from somewhere, but I know I don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I'm thinking of, was it J.K. Simmons who voiced Cave hey, Johnson? J.K. Simmons, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, that, and you've already got Stephen Merchant in that video game. That was Which just... Really? Yeah, yeah, Stephen Merchant was the primary robot in that game. Um, what was his name? Yeah, it was... Um, I Quig- played none Quig- of the portals. Quig- every now and then. Something like that? I don't remember, but it was great. I, uh, I heard yeah. so much about Portal 2, Cave Johnson was amazing, but I think Stephen Merchant was the sleeper hit in that. Yeah, yeah, dude, if you've not played Portal 2, just, you know, you can find Dirt Cheap, play it. It's one of every the best then, games Steve ever done. Every now and then, will be like, hey, Portal 2... <laughs> We'll pay you to play Portal 2. That's the sale. <laughs> we'll give you $5. Play this game. And I'll be like, eh, I got other stuff to do. Yeah, I don't like how desperate you're making Portal sound here, man. Yeah, <laughs> Portal yeah. doesn't need you to play it. it doesn't Those Steam sales, it. though, they're just like, this game was uh, $45, but okay, uh, that's just we'll Steam. give it to you Steam for like $1.75. Okay. I wouldn't trust if Portal said they would pay me to play it. They have a bad history of offering reinforcers like that and then continuously lying about them and yeah. Helping the, uh, the hurdles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I, uh, sorry, hard tangent on the topic of video game <laughs> voicing, but I've just been becoming such a big fan of Stephen Ogg, who voiced Trevor in GTA V. Is that a point of reference for any of you guys? Okay, I, I don't know any of his other work, but yeah, I remember the character from GTA V, and I remember how well done it was. I mean, uh, I live in tweaker country, and he sounds like half the people out here, so... Well, he is actually... He became my favorite video game character of all time. No matter how fraught GTA V was for some of its writing, it was impeccably performed. He's also uh, a voice in OKKO OK and Rebus in Westworld. I just wanted You've to mention. You've really been trying awesome. to get people to start watching OKKO. OK I really have. I really love that show. Yeah, I've had several people plug it to... Or if you like to Steven Universe, you will like OKKO. OK and if you think Steven Universe is a little bit too cheesy, OKKO OK might be for you. Is mm. it I, as gay as Steven Universe? It is not as gay as Steven Universe, I'm you sorry know what? to say. That's a high bar, That's, I will admit. That is, there is no show that gets that. But, uh, but yeah, sorry, those are a few different tangents. Is Steven Universe good? I'm more of a regular show fan, but I like Steven Universe. Steven Universe is very different than regular show. You're looking at way way more overarching of a plot. If you're looking more for kind of an activity of the week show, regular show is more your speed. They're, they're pretty different. Okay. I, I quite... Well, Luke and I have both brought it up on the podcast, but I think we both enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's very much worth the watch. But I, I think St- OKKO OK has an even lower buy-in. Hmm. Oh, no. I watch a lot of cartoons. I have to write um, that down. Well, I'm talking good, about... Cartoons and favorites. Uh, this might get pretty controversial, but Ooh, going oh, back to Scooby Doo, if it, everybody could name their favorite Scooby Doo cartoon or property, their favorite Scooby Doo. Mm. Well, you know, I've gone back and forth on this. If I may go first, for me, it's the original, Scooby-Doo, the very original Scooby Doo. Where are you? Is my okay. my all time fave. How, how about you guys? Uh, I gotta go with the old school, uh, the animated Hanna Barbera ones because that's I I grew up on that. <laughs> and I'm Another old. original. I'm old. I really like the Scooby Doo say movies because I like seeing like say Sunny and Barish or Sharon Barish Sunny in front of Scooby. It's so surreal. But just edging that out, and this is going to be controversial, is uh, a pup named Scooby Doo. Wow! We literally Whoa. recorded an episode this morning. Whoa. 
We, we just covered an episode of Pup Name Scooby-Doo, and it was the best one we've covered yet. But that is controversial indeed. Now, granted, you didn't say get a clue. That episode was so good. But even then, I'm just like, that's a tall order to say that this is the best one. That is steep. Can you can you sell us on that for uh, why, 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 why? He just like... Okay. <laughs> I, I think it's it, you kind of pointed it out. I'm a few years younger than Cruz, but I'm a few years older than you guys. So I think I was at that prime Scooby-Doo age, which I had, you know, that was, I had transitioned from the older stuff. And then to see a new one on Saturday morning, and it had like, crazy weird 80s music and like Thelma doing like weird dances and it just had all this like 80s imagery it's just something that spoke to me as a dumb little kid but I used to watch really bad cartoons like I've seen every episode of like Denver the Last Dinosaur so I am have terrible taste but uh and Turbo Teen and stuff that nobody this hasn't even survived into the 21st century but so that I think Denver has but not Turbo Teen I don't know what Turbo Teen is I think you're trying to Oh, sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, he's a teen that turns into a firebird, like a, a sports car, and his friends climb inside him and they solve mysteries. Oh, my God. As you do. <laughs> Nothing weird about that. Wow. Yeah. Inside of my friends solving uh, mysteries. I'm really, so I've, I've never heard of some of these cartoons. So I can't sell you on this because I could see for somebody coming back to it years. And I still, if you throw an episode on, I will watch it and I'll enjoy the hell out of it. But I know that it's so rooted in its time timeline, or it's it's time it was made. Like I cannot watch the Vincent Price one, the Thirteen Ghosts. I think that is like one of the worst things I've ever seen. But it's if maybe I was a few years, I mean, if I was a few years bad. younger, Evan and I are a little older. divided on that. Evan, I think you like Thirteen Ghosts a lot more than I do. I think I'm willing to give a lot of different. I'm more gracious to a lot of the properties than you are. I guess I'm pretty harsh. Yeah, for me, uh, Shaggy and Scooby Doo get a clue is the worst one in my opinion. It's almost irredeemable. Just because there's so little, because you don't get Fred, Velma, or Daphne. Yeah, they cut out the tertiary, the tertiary characters who I really love. Uh, yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make this a, a three for three, because we're disregarding the clearly wrong answer. Uh, <laughs> and, and say that Scooby Doo, where are you? I think is possibly still the best. I, and why, why is that for you? I'm curious, Evan. I, th- I just think it's. It's the it's Scooby Doo at its purest, and still manages. I don't know. Like I think the jokes still manage to land, which is difficult with with decades uh, passing by. Mm. Are you are you about on the same page, Cruz? Yeah. Same reasoning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think about it, and God, how old are those? I mean, they're I was, old. I mean, sixties. Yeah, they're sixty. Uh, I think sixty nine was when the first episode came out. Oh, that's right, late sixties, going into seventies. So yeah, basically, it's fifty years old almost, and it still holds up fairly well. Um, and there is a certain timelessness about Scooby Doo. I mean, almost any freaking anybody knows who who Scooby Doo is and who the characters are, and kind of the basic premise of what the the, the series, show, comic book, whatever it was supposed to be, or whatever format you choose is about. So given that 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 uh, longevity, it's you got to stick with the the basic you know original material which gave it that life. It's definitely got staying power. Oh yeah, yeah. And I knew I was wrong, but I thought that <laughs> there would be maybe a couple different answers. I didn't think it was going to be a three on one. So well, I think a, for me, it's just that I. I want to be transported back to that original Scooby-Doo. Like that's where the nostalgia is for yeah. me. There's a deep well of it. Yeah. And I, I find it interesting. Like it's bad in a way that I love. 
not that what you like about a pup named Scooby Doo is that it's bad, but that's most of what there is to like about it. So I'm I'm guessing that's and it. and I will say I almost said one of the Scrappy Doo iterations because really? I think because oh I think from my childhood, come on, I think I saw slightly more Scrappy Doo episodes than like OG like what uh, Scooby Doo where are you? Wow, I I mean I think I think the only thing that Mark could have said that would have been worse if he said the live action movies. I do love the live action movies. <laughs> I do love, love the live action movies so much. But again, no. I, I think it's a similar process because I think you guys were right at that target age when those came out. That is very accurate. I, I saw it in theaters at like age 12 or 13, like right before I realized there was such a thing as bad movies in theaters. <laughs> like six months later, and I would have been like, oh, this is one of those bad movies I just heard about. But it was written uh, and directed by like James Gunn of Guardians of the Galaxy fame yeah even he admits he had to have a couple flops before he got there (laughs) (laughs) i would say the first one is not too bad of a movie where it falls apart for me is the scrappy do stuff yeah oh i'll I'll give it up i actually love that part of the first one because they make we're both holding back we're both just like Like, (laughs) we didn't the one piece of research we actually should have done on these guys evan oh we're in political agreement, but we disagree on the important stuff. <laughs> I actually think that's part of my draw, too, for the pup named Scooby-Doo, because a lot of times when they would show reruns of other Scooby-Doo's, sometimes you'd get some like, oh, it's a Scooby-Doo, where are you? And then there would be like a 1982 one where it's like Scrappy and Scooby going to the dentist or something like weird and crazy without like the rest of the team. Pup named Scooby-Doo, you always knew you are going to have the whole team and there was going to be no Scrappy. It was safe. That's true. <laughs> and I, I No trigger warnings. <laughs> no trigger warnings. They should put trigger warnings every time Scrappy's on screen. Yeah. Uh, I just love Rowan Atkinson. Nesting Scrappy within Rowan Atkinson was the ultimate, like, an alien bursting out of the chest of your loved one. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I think, my favorite thing about the Men in Black movies is whenever there were little aliens inside of, like, human bodies. <laughs> that was really disturbing to me. I, I gotta say, yeah. Especially oh. that one alien who was like behind the counter who was always like selling stuff who they'd like kind of like beat up a little bit to get him to work with him. I don't know. I don't remember Men in Black. Oh, Super. they would shoot his head off and then it would grow back. It would grow back. That's yeah. right. That's what it was. It's kind of gross to me. The Men in Black series is a gross series. Yeah. They, they had a Balchinian as one of the aliens in there who was exactly <laughs> what he sounded like. Yeah, I think that was I Men in never Black caught too. that. Um, yeah. Oh, that's why. Men in Black was kind of, um, I want to say, came about in like the Nickelodeon era when being covered in a viscous substance was like the height of entertainment. Yeah, I think yeah. they ate Ghostbusters free lunch a little bit. Oh, they, Ghostbusters. They were, yeah, I think they were the successor of the Ghostbusters series. I guess for me, it all it all comes back to Nick, Nickelodeon slime time and stuff like that, or the Double Dare challenge. That's all I can oh, think of. Oh yeah, the I heard Dare they were challenge. bringing back Legends of the Hidden Temple. No uh, way! Did that happen already? Really? I used to love that show. I never watched it, but I've been thinking of getting into it. Luke, you, watch one episode, you'll be hooked. At the Is end, that the when, one where they go inside the video game? No, it's um. That's okay. reboot, I think. It's a game show where they have to do like, I guess. Aztec temple stuff, oh. and at the end they have to race through and put together a, a monkey idol so the door will open. Um, okay, it's f- fantastic. I really, really. I mean, like it's it. like Indiana Jones meets Double Dare Challenge, right? Uh, essentially, yeah. 
I remember that, and there was another game show. It, it looked like it was on the same soundstage, but it was like you would answer like video game questions or do video game challenges, and then they put the kids in front of like a, a crappy blue screen, and oh, you would have shoot. to. Yeah, like you would pretend like they were in the video game. But yeah, I remember Legends of the Hidden Temple. Wow. I remember, I remember this, like the early '90s when I still lived in Canada. I mean, I do now, but I was gone for a while. Where there was another game show where kids, kids, everything was video game related. They were just playing video games, and I remember just thinking, like, how do these kids know how to play all of these games? You could never do that now, and I'm surprised that you could do it back then, where you could put kids in front of a game and just expect them to know how to play it. I think the Nintendo era was a little bit different because you had you know, like a, the romper switch and the A and B button, and usually the select, you know, select didn't do anything or start with just pause. So there wasn't, you could pick up a game and I think kind of master most of them within a few minutes. Especially, I don't think developers put nearly the amount of time into differentiating or doing things creatively. Yeah, and I think it, it depends on the game too. Like I could see you throwing a kid in front of like Splatoon and then them just kind of like picking it up or getting it. Whereas like, you're never going to see Witcher 3 played competitively where it's just like, here's a controller, no. man. Go no. grind out some. Yeah, let's well, no, see you wait, guys a couple of quests with that. No, 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 no. Have you done that with your no, kids? No, no, no. You put them in front of Witcher and like timed how long it took them to uh, to do things? Like, just no. Trials? no, no. Actually, the most I've done is I've had one of my daughters stand in for me on Sea of Thieves. And it, it's pretty funny when I just switch it over and give her the headset and she starts yeah. talking. And they're like, what the fuck is this kid doing here? <laughs> but uh, yeah, she, she can't. She doesn't. She doesn't do like she's not goal oriented when she games like I am. I'm a little more more task driven about how I approach my gaming. And uh, she just likes to wander around aimlessly and like, you know, look under rocks and shit. That sounds like a great video game experience. I once my my wife, 50 Sam, once asked me if I could get her laundry when I was about to start a game of Overwatch. And so I got her to sit in for me. I'm like, hey, just make sure I don't idle out so I can come back and I'll wrap up this game. And I didn't realize i would have to describe to her that wasd moves around so she's just <laughs> scoping just around the starting room and i thought you have to learn that that's not something that's native to the human body yeah there's there's um if you haven't grown up playing video games you don't have the, the literacy to understand how video games work video game literacy is a really nice way of putting it that makes me feel so smart yeah no, that's like the that. actual that's the actual term is you can be video game literate or you can be video game illiterate and this is why some people are just like they don't understand mario because like they don't have the like the basis for it or it's like you jump on enemies and you have to like time just like timing a jump they don't have that understanding hmm. Interesting. and yeah. i think the more you play video games uh, kind of to your point Cruz, the more task oriented you become because jumping on an enemy becomes one individual action on its own rather than press jump float to the right spot land in the right spot and then bounce off well, so yeah. I, I think i think mark and i kind yeah. of hit an epiphany back uh god what was that like 2012 when i was on the road a lot mm-hmm. and we were playing dcu online and uh it got the I see his eyes closing. We got to a point where we're like we were doing these raids over and over again for like trivial bullshit, and it's just like we're 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 basically in a hamster wheel of fucking, you know, of a gameplay loop that, while somewhat entertaining, it's not like the best. You know, it, there's more stuff to do elsewhere, and so instead of spinning my wheels doing some mean, meaningless task over and over again. And grinding something out for something I don't want, I'll just move on to something else or just get done with it. Yeah, I've I've similarly I've tried to move a little bit away from games with a lot of crafting just because it's such a time sink. Yeah, that's why I haven't finished Witcher Three. 
<laughs> to speak to video game literacy, I think that's something that video games do really well is that they shape human behavior. You you know, you hit the right button at the right sequence, you get rewarded for it. And uh, I guess not to slow down the show, but I mean, they've done studies where in the last several years, the amount of males in their early 20s without college educations, the amount of time they play video games has just exponentially skyrocketed. And a lot of that is, you know, if you play Destiny for a half hour, you're going to level up, you're going to get all this great loot. And if you, say, work at like a pizza place and you don't have any hopes for a promote, you know, there's not a lot of promotion there, a lot of opportunities to excel and somebody's going to notice it. If you put more and more time in a system that absolutely you put in an hour and you're going to get all the stuff to show for it. And that's why we've seen this explosion in that, that demographic. I completely agree. And actually, we are we also really look down on pizza place workers in our podcast. So that's another great thing. That was me. In my young twenties, yeah, I, 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 I also worked at a pizza place. <laughs> I also a self burn. Oh, I would love. Let's we'll bleep this out later. I'll pretend that we are. I was a little Caesar's employee, which that has such a derogatory term now in our society with the hot and ready. Were you were you higher on the hierarchy? Uh, we were we were kind of an up and coming indie. Uh, if I can steal a video game term, uh, pizza place called and pizza in Washington, D.C. that did kind of blow up and I think has been successful since I left. Oh! Coincidence, yeah, maybe. That's, that's uh, definitely like nine levels above Little Caesars. Absolutely. It, it was nice, but it was also challenging. You yeah. could have ridden that train to the top. Yeah. <laughs> oh, who knows? You I could, could be, be making, Papa John right now. I could be making a double-digit minimum wage at this point. Who knows <laughs> how high I could have risen. Oh, I can't say much. I worked at McDonald's, so, yeah. Oh, Mr. Gourmet here, excuse us. At least we had more than one food menu item. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know how to use the fry cooker. Okay. I don't know how to use that expertise. No, no, no. I, the horror stories I could tell you from my tenure at McDonald's. Uh, I can only, I, I could not keep up. I can guarantee that. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, we just used to melt things in the oven. That was our big claim to fame like put barbie through or like he's a beanie <laughs> baby because it was the 90s oh jeez was that are you serious oh yeah, <laughs> yeah we did oh, all, we were all teenagers we used to shake up like two liters and then if you throw them at the ground and hit the, the cap they'll shoot up in the air like a bottle rocket man we were like all you know 16 to 19 years old with no like real adult supervision so the amount of stupid stuff we did it's a ma- it's a wonder we didn't like burn down the restaurant which we almost did once and that's so a dumpster fire i've asked yeah. luke this because i'm very hungry all the time but also right now mm. uh what did you make at your respective food service jobs for yourselves that was your favorite i was actually thinking of this for myself but i want to hear you guys first what's what's your your own thing you make for yourself in that job Ah, okay. Uh, if if I if I could make it for myself, and they did start a policy like later on in my tenure where you could not do that. Uh, right, but I, in this I in would... this scenario, by the way, your supervisor is off on break. You don't okay. have an eye over your shoulder, so this is the ideal sitch. Okay, then for me, it would definitely be. Uh, also, it, excuse it, the band playing outside of my window. I'm sorry, that's <laughs> happening all throughout. <laughs> There's a sports game down the street, and I've got everything boarded up. I'm hotboxing myself here, and still it's coming through. So I'm sorry about that. No worries. Uh, mine would be a quarter pad- uh, quarter pounder, right? I don't really care for all the freaking sauce and all that shit, so just keep it down to the freaking lettuce. 
and then throw on a freaking fried chicken breast with some fries and a milkshake. But I'd make sure I'm the one that did the milkshake because there's stories. <laughs> you didn't want pubes in the shake. I, I think we all agree with that. Or like uh, Barbie pieces in the shake, which happens half the time I come to McDonald's. Yeah. Oh, I could tell you worse. <laughs> That's classic. That Yeah, I like that. And the fries are on the side, right? Or is that fries on the bun? Uh, on the side. On the okay. side. Nice. How about Next. you, Marky Mark? What's your... <laughs> What's your go-to? What's, what's your funky bunch? Yeah. <laughs> My funky bunch was the, uh, it's it's actually not that funky. We would make pizzas, but as you would at Little Caesars. But, I mean, we would put so much sauce and cheese on, they'd have to go through the oven, like, several times to actually like, cook. So, I mean, we're talking about, like, where everything would slide off because you're putting, like, <laughs> triple the amount of what you're supposed to put on, like, cheese-wise, sauce-wise, topping-wise. So, a Chicago-style pizza. Yeah, I guess for us it was less making, doing creative actual work tasks and more like, I'm going to throw the 16-inch pizza on the roof. Or, oh, we're going to throw, like, shoot bottle rockets at the house behind the restaurant. Because we were, we were kind of those people. Just, like, so, years before Breaking Bad came I was going to say, guys, like, yeah, you inspired that Trailblazers. <laughs> <laughs> also, you guys were making meth, weren't you? Like, that was a huge thing to cover your Vince medical Vince Gilligan bills. drove through that town and that was <laughs> that inspiration. It would not surprise me if there was a Little Caesars right now that has, like, a meth kitchen in back. <laughs> oh, we also make pizza. I just heard to... one time that they broke into a meth lab, and they were making Little Caesars pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, Jesse Pinkman in, like, an RV in the desert. Like, dude, yo, where's that pa- crazy bread, bitch? Actually, there's a meth lab that just got shut down down the street because they were making pizzas in the back from where I live, yeah. It's kind of messed <laughs> you up. You live in... Minnesota? I do. I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. Big shot. But the biggest thing you need to know about me is that when I was working at a pizza place, my go-to meal for myself, because we had this convection oven that moved the pizza through so it would cook really quick, I would get some tin foil and put some toppings in it, like some chicken, um, some uh, mushrooms, like a little bit of onion or something, and then I'd get that in the tin foil and put it through and then make us use that on top of a salad with some uh, tomato balsamic. It was uh, a pretty ritzy pizza place now that I think back on it. We had some, yeah, it's pretty fancy. some good ingredients to work with. And I do think back fondly on that. We had ham. That was our fancy ingredient. Oh, man, we didn't have ham. You lucky dog. I've never <laughs> had Little ham. Caesar's ham. Little Caesar's ham. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, so it's just sliced Barbie. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We only had Ken dolls where I worked, funny enough. Never did stock up otherwise. The the Barbies, when you put them through a convention oven like that, they're actually, like, the air pocket and the breasts will make them grow, like, bigger. <laughs> and you can, like, pop them. The mystery has been solved now. I've, I've now figured out how this became a big regular thing. All of these Barbies are undercooked. There's, I want I want a well-done Barbie. I mean, this is why I think we're going to slowly see teenagers phased out of the workforce. Because, I mean, you when you have an entire, like, it was the manager who was, like, 32. Then every, like, shift manager and employee was between, like, 15 and 22 or 16 and 22 or something. You would just have these crazy shenanigans and back, like, people. I know the restaurant down the street from us, the Little Caesars, the amount of drug use that was going on. Like, just, like, bong smoking stuff off the back. It was... <laughs> It's just that I don't know. You can never go back to that as an adult. The the stupid stuff you did as a at a teen oh, job. No, absolutely not. <clears throat> no way. 
Oh. That's why Professor X was such a tool in the comics. Oh, bringing that, it like... back around. <laughs> Full circle, my friend. Nicely done. Iceman, I found your bong in the back of the, uh, <laughs> of the, uh, the, the Blackbird. And I, don't, I already know what you and Jean were doing back there, Cyclops. So don't even lie about it. Just, just get a rag and clean it up. Iceman, I've been reading your mind, and you really want to be putting Ken dolls into the oven. Isn't that true? <laughs> it's funny because the air pocket on a Ken doll is located in a different area. Oh, oh, you beat me to it, you son of a gun. Oh, you son of a gun. I wanted that joke. You got to go faster, so, man. I'm going to have to insert trigger warnings in this episode, you know, if anybody has uh, traumatic experiences with, uh, with Ken and Barbie. <laughs> You know, and I I throw that out a couple times. I I don't I don't want to get into a big twenty minute conversation about uh, trigger warnings, but I am not mocking people who do. No, me neither. Who, and I'm not yeah, mocking okay. anyone when I say that I like the image of uh, like Ken or Barbie on the witness stand pointing to a human <laughs> as to where they got touched. <laughs> Again, not trying to make light of any of the stuff that I'm mocking there. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Yeah. I remember once we had these like baby tomatoes that were expiring. I'm holding my fingers up like the audience is going to see that, mm. and we kept throwing them at windows at the uh, uh, like the houses behind the restaurant, and all these lights turn on in, in the house, and we had to like run back and like lock the door and pretend like we weren't irresponsible, horrible teenagers. <laughs> I oh. I feel like so so obvious you guys are like throwing pizzas on the roof like tomatoes over here you're the only pizza place that has this kind of ham and you're flinging that around and then let's close the doors they'll never know <laughs> you guys are like leaving trails of oregano up and down the sidewalk who did this it was the barber next door i promise you uh, oh my goodness. This has been way more fun than just talking about comics. We've talked oh, about absolutely. comic books for maybe like five minutes tops in this conversation. <laughs> you guys have been really nice to keep it on to stuff that I can I, I can throw in on. Uh, well, it's the dungeon. We we tend to kind of stay wherever we chain people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've given us a long chain this episode. It's very generous. Yeah, and I, I definitely uh, don't want to keep you guys like too long. I think I told you guys an hour. I don't want to do a bait and switch because we're a little bit over that. Yeah, Mark's famous for catfishing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you looked a little different in your profile, and I thought you had a very artistically gifted daughter you were going to introduce us to, or something like that. <laughs> Who who's the guy? Is it Matt Lauer who had the To Catch a Predator show? Yeah, 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 making yeah, that up? yeah. Oh no, that's okay, you're thinking okay. of Chris. It's a Chris, right? Chris Hansen? Chris Hansen, who had the mm -hmm. To Catch a Predator yes. show, oh, that yeah. actually yeah. did not get anyone arrested. Like, every they, everybody got off on... Everybody <laughs> was... Uh, didn't... Not prosecuted successfully because of how he went about it. Yeah. We, uh, we have your guys' browser history. Uh, right now. Yeah. <laughs> There's just all these pictures of mangled Barbies and Ken. Yeah, look, look dude. No, that's, uh, that's just pop-ups, man. That just that's just a virus, bro. <laughs> Look, if you if today you could microwave any doll, what would it be? Or what's oh. like your favorite doll to watch microwaving videos of? Because we well, all watch Cruz, that stuff. Cruz has four kids, so I mean, man, he is the guy to ask this question. Man, he has yeah. four daughters. Uh, Didn't know oh, I was talking to the expert. No, you know what? Thankfully, the house I live in has a microwave that's too high for almost all but the ones that are old enough to actually handle that responsibility. 
things I, I personally would like to see thrown in the microwave. They have these freaking toys, man. They're like filled with this like slimy substance that when you squeeze them, they like bubble up. I want to see what happens when you throw one of those in a freaking microwave, man. I want to see it so badly. I didn't anticipate that you'd have been waiting so long for this question, but I love this. <laughs> I yeah. Wait, you what do these what? toys now really you... look like again? Oh, jeez. You know what? If you guys want to carry on for about five minutes, or, or not five minutes, give me three minutes. I will bring one back just to show you guys, but and maybe get a better idea of what these are. Because they're, they're small, they, they're filled with like almost like a slime-like substance, and it's got a really elastic rubber. So like when you squeeze it, like all it, it when you squeeze it really hard, like the other parts of it will distort and expand out. So given that it's got that amount of kind of like a liquidy substance in it, I would wonder what happens when you get it hot enough. And I, I kind of wonder what's going to give out first. You know, the is the is the is the skin on the outside going to melt first, or is the pressure from the liquid getting superheated going to blow the skin up? I've given this too much thought, haven't I? You, you yeah, no, clearly this is not the first time this has come right. up. This is a but, father's rage. Yeah, I, I would exactly. love to see that. And Mark, I know you're trying to let us off easy and early, but if we could, could we end on that? Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to bum rush you out the door. It's just I, like when we had uh, these comic book creators on to come over to my house at midnight, like I had to promise them like 30 minute interview. You know, I don't want to, I I don't want to over overextend on or over infringe on you. Guys. Yeah, and, and make no mistake, Evan and I are big time, and we are going to still be charging you those two thousand dollars per hour. That's continues <laughs> yeah, I'm on a little to this upset. time. My rider was very clear. Yeah, Evan. Oh, I, Evan wanted only green M and M's in his green room, and he's kind of upset. About <laughs> how, how many iTunes reviews do you guys have? How uh, many do we like, have? We got a new one. I think we're at sixteen or seventeen. Okay. We have two, and I'm sorry, Cruz, I'm going to out us here. Uh-huh. One is Cruz, and one is my, it's a pity one for my supervisor at work. So it wouldn't actually take mine, even though I use it from a different account. It's like, we fucking know who you are. <laughs> so we have not. Dummy freaking email address. <laughs> I did. It was a, or it was one that I, it's not attached to the show in any way. So, so your guys is 17, is 17 more than us. Yeah. So when you're like, we're not big time, and you guys are like podcasting superstars to uh, to us up and coming yeah, here. Our, our our spouses won't even review us, which that says something. <laughs> That's again, okay. I don't know if it's not a bad thing if they don't review us. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's, maybe we're, it's in all of our best interest that our spouses yeah. don't review our shows. You had What's your that? spouse on the podcast. Yeah, and she still said that she's going to give it a three star if I make her go on iTunes. Wait, so, not, not, no, she is not. I'm just not going to push her to do that. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah. I, I guess, like you said, that's good. I would not want to review like this podcast ruined my family, which I think that one of us would get. I, I don't think I know anyone personally who listens to our podcast at one time speed. I guess that's to say the kind <laughs> of will I have on a personal level. At least your sister still listens to all of our episodes. She does. Yeah, that's nice of her. Also, I want to say, just to bring it back a little bit, I love, love, love Tickle Me Elmo burning up videos. Like, oh, seeing yeah. Tickle Me Elmo torched by a jet engine, ugh, warms my soul. <laughs> like an episode of Weed Your Bears. Yep. Yeah. See, I, I, like, okay, my, I have, um, I've got twin 10-year-olds, all girls, and they are on this, uh, just tangent of, like, destroying toys. 
they 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 have friends that give them like slightly beat up toys and then they go on to further wreck them to a point where it looks like a rabid dog got at them. Keep small animals away. Yeah, the dog can handle them. One of those ones with the fluid in it, sweetie. Uh, I would say a Stretch Armstrong. I would want to see that melt. Oh, okay. Classic. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. That was very, very melt Or a Furby. What a throwback. Did you know they were about... going to do a Stretch Armstrong movie starring that <laughs> kid from Twilight, the werewolf? Oh, uh, Taylor, Taylor Lautner. Lautner, yeah. That is surreal. A Stretch Armstrong movie. Okay, I... who else do you his name? Oh, I did. I knew it right... Like, Taylor, not right away. Taylor's name? Taylor Lautner. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What the fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> I mean, I'm just look, waiting I'm for the like, shark. I'm like 13 years younger than you, so I feel like I can get away with it, you know? I, My uh, wife likes I, him, so whatever. Uh, by the way, you can't, Evan. No, no that's none of us are getting away <laughs> with that. No. I give Evan a pass. I, I think, again, you guys were at that age when, when Twilight came out. <laughs> I uh, We were not. No. <laughs> There's no excuse. We we deserve no latitude there. Taylor but Lauder I was in Shark Boy and Lava Girl, and I saw that movie a lot. You again? <laughs> you're like hitting everything that you were too old for when it came out. <laughs> but he had the power of sharks. That movie is this, so bad it's good if you go back now. Oh. Man, this is this this is gonna turn ugly. This is gonna be like the end of uh of, of the Scooby Doo podcast, Scooby Doo. So it's gonna be like two separate podcasts from now on. Yeah, just, I think just, we're we're each gonna have an individual Scooby Dude podcast <laughs> after this. Can I put in an application? Yeah, I guess no. I talked myself out of a job with that pup named Scooby Doo bullshit. Yeah, really I'm did, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. At this Blast point, it's, kind of, it's whichever one of us can snag Cruz, and then uh, you're the consolation. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, he can be on both shows. He can pull double duty. Uh, we'll arrange oh. visitation. Oh, there we go. Yeah, shared custody. That that fan in your background this whole time it's been like hypnotic. Okay, okay, so look. Let's see. Let me get this up there. Look at this. Oh, oh. Oh, it looks like uh like an egg. It does look like an egg. Would you not want to watch what happens when you stick this in a microwave? I do. That's a doll? Very much want to see that. Well, there are some there are dolls. This is basically the same the same same premise. It's got the same liquid in it and the same thin skin that like you squeeze. It's it. like a sex toy. Yeah. That's what that looks like. <laughs> Am I the only one who thought so? Wait, is it, it looks like a my, my, a s- Like a sex toy. Get your oh. mind out of the gutter, sir. I, I can't think of oh. the application. I, I, it I, sounds I, like you have a very healthy what? and adventurous sex life. Unbelievable and fuckable. Oh, Tell me how we're editing this all out. You guys are monsters. Tell me how Maybe this is a sex toy. Put it in front of the camera again. Maybe... I just don't – I don't – like the application, the how – Tell me how you would use how this I, that's I, playing I a role. As a sex toy. I want to make it as, guys... as clear as possible. This is like a a transparent egg with two yolks in it yeah. um, with no shell. It's like completely it's, squishy. Yeah. No, maybe maybe there's a hole on the other side that I can't see, but are you no, telling me is, you gelled is, that up? You're this very hopeful when it comes to this hole. This I mean you, you sure could gel it up, but after it's, it's been it's gelled for, up. I can't think of what you would do with it. You know what, Evan? I gotta, I gotta take a pause here. Mark, I agree with you. That is making me really horny. <laughs> I got, I gotta say, I agree with Mark oh. on this one. Now, uh, you've won me over. Thank you. <laughs> I will, t- I will take your pity uh, agreement. Thank you. Okay, 
I'm 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 off on a super tangent. Cruz knows what I'm talking about here. When we were in the 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 army, there was a uh, a, a military spouse who to- sold sex toys, and she totally sold something like that that had like a hole in it, and that you would like lube it up. She would have these like instead of uh yeah, that was like, like a what do you pleasure sleeve or some shit like a fleshlight. Yes. Yeah, like uh, a flesh- I like yes. that you clearly knew what you were saying, but like a, well, you said pleasure sleeve as if to imply that you don't know fleshlight. Like, oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> I listen to Kevin the, Smith. Okay, that's the cheaper knockoff. The pleasure sleeve is what you get when you don't want to pay fleshlight. Exactly. That's, that's the, it gives you dick splinters, I re- I but it's cheaper. This uh, this this uh, spouse that you were talking about, and it blew my mind to find out she sold uh, she had pleasure parties and sold sex toys out of her freaking house. It sounds to me like she's just trying to sell old toys at a premium like this is no, no. this isn't a tickle me elmo no this isn't a, a barbie that's been in the microwave it's a sex toy <laughs> it was very surprising because if there were ever trump supporters it was like those two people they were uh, highly conservative and for this like weird crazy like sex party dad like at her house to be selling the stuff was strange oh come on you saw her at the halloween party this is just way too inside baseball. <laughs> Very inside baseball right here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's not discuss that night too much. <laughs> um. So, oh, do we? No, I don't think we got uh, everybody's answer. We got. Wait, I had Stretch Armstrong. Cruz had uh, no, the flashlight. Yeah, which Mark you want to stick in a microwave for a different reason? And then <laughs> I had tickle me Elmo. Personally. Right. Right. Oh man, this is this got this pretty blue, and I'm turn. sorry, that's entirely me. That's that's my. It's not bad. just you. It's not just you. Probably a Furby. I think a Furby is a good size for a microwave. Yeah, and it, anything that's going to like interact as it's catching fire or melting is going to be fun. Does it have a temperature sensor so it knows it's melting so it can scream in agony? I feel like the first feature they put into a Furby is to know that it's being abused because that's like the first kind of input it's going to receive. And certainly the last. Why don't more toys scream when you uh, treat them roughly? Because <laughs> they were sadly not programmed for pain. There's a deleted scene in Toy Story where that's the last thing that Woody says when you pull his string. <laughs> he meets like one of the like the Barbie at Sid's house. He puts you where? <laughs> that Disney thought that was a little too risque. We've we've all become Sid ultimately. Yeah, yeah, it's part of growing up. Right. Yeah. Kind of destroying your childish things, your childhood things. Uh, not me so much. I, I have the one view where you guys can't see the display case after display case after display case of toys down here. Yeah. I'm playing it cool. Well, they say you either die Andy or you live long enough to become Sid. Oh, huh? Does that work? Does Andy that work? didn't die. Who, who you know that, that right? No? <laughs> I assume they just replaced him with a different Andy later on. It's been a while, I have to admit. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff, good stuff. Okay. Um. Do you guys have anything uh, like your show that you would want to plug? Oh, oh yes. Yeah. We should plug I'm stuff. Surprised, genuinely Good. surprised that Luke didn't start this podcast with the bit that he. I, I actually withheld from it. I try anytime I guest on something for the first thing I say to be a shout out to our Patreon. But I, I figured I'm going to be being a bad enough guest on your podcast otherwise. <laughs> so we'll save it to the end. Um, but I mean. First and last, first, ScoobyDudes.com is our website. Just go there and you can get a portal to everything else. And last, I'd say Patreon.com slash ScoobyDudes. We love our donors who give us money and keep the lights on. Yeah, it'd sure be nice if you gave us money. Yeah. Um, when was What was it? What were we doing where you just kept 
telling people to give us money, but it wasn't on our podcast. <laughs> what was the context for that? Because we've never guessed it on anything else, have we? I've guessed it on other stuff. Like I guess you on did. Else's That's podcast. what it was. You guessed yeah. it on uh, Blake up with Cody, and from beginning to end, you just told people to give us money. Yeah, and <laughs> apparently it wasn't enough, even though I did it a lot because they didn't. Luke, but we lost five donors. Yeah, exactly. That's what done it more. <laughs> I forgot to say, keep giving us money. So anyone who's listening to this, if you're giving us money, keep giving us money. Uh, and hey, yeah, when he says, sorry, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. I was just gonna, I was gonna say, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm done. Put it, no, go put ahead. It, no, <laughs> no, what were you gonna say? I'll pause. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, it's it's kind of funny that it, the more you say don't give money, that they don't give money. I mean, that's clearly not the result that you're going for. I think the audience misunderstood. I can't but. get madder and madder. Hey, I'm being a nice guy about it. You owe me your money. I spent all this time getting to know you, being your friend. Now you owe me. We've we've gone after nice guys on occasion on our podcast. <laughs> that that stereotype. Oh, good stuff. But wait, I, what I was going to do is return the favor. Do you guys have, where can we follow up with you guys and get more uh, more Comic Book Dungeon content? Oh, comicbookdungeonpodcast.com. Yeah, you can find us uh, you can, on Instagram at comicbookdungeonpodcast on Instagram. Uh, you can write to us on Twitter at brokenlmd, like life model decoy. Or you can email us at comicbookdungeonpodcast at gmail.com. Booyah. Yeah, we, uh, we haven't conquered Patreon yet. That's... Uh, that might be something that happens in the future. Uh, we, uh, well, if, I guess we're gonna wait till we get an actual review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we keep start. asking for reviews, and you know that hasn't happened yet. So, you know, maybe when that ha- finally kicks off, we'll we'll start going for the Patreon. The, the, the good news is you don't actually have to conquer Patreon. You don't need to challenge it in any kind of right of battle. You just they let you anybody on there, literally anybody. But I've been training. <laughs> okay. I mean, you can you can challenge it if you want to. Man, no one's probably gonna stop you. I spend an hour with nunchucks like every day. I, it probably will not doing what with that them. Battlefield. We won't get into, but he bought them at a at a party way back in the day. And, uh... <laughs> there you go. Those are what I would put in the microwave. Yeah. Is that does that look more like a something sexual for you? Uh, nope, it faded oh, out. Do you guys have any projects maybe outside of your podcast? Uh, anything else that you do, yes. job wise, charity wise? Uh, yeah, it's just philanthropy anything that you do i mean if anybody wants to give me money that i don't have to share with evan i would love that that'd be great just hit us up on scooby dudes any of our typical methods and just say that you want to give me specifically money and that's good with me. <laughs> you know you're in charge of our paypal account oh yeah you could have been siphoning off money from the beginning i, I could have been but i've not for all i know you are um we'll get into that fight after this podcast but I have nothing else <laughs> All I have is Scooby Dudes. That's my bread and butter, my lifeblood. I have another podcast that's coming out, but it won't be out by the time this comes out, so don't worry about it. So just stay tuned oh, and keep following us on Scooby Dudes. Yeah. I'm very worried about it, uh, actually. Well, that's that's really interesting. What uh I guess not to belabor the point, but what made you I guess what is the project unless you, you don't have to share well, it's you called, don't want to. Um it's called the comic book attic. And uh Awesome. <laughs> Competition. No, oh, I thought you were um, going to go with Funny Pages Prison, but that's that's another good one, yeah. Oh, shoot. That's a good name, too. Uh, but it, on it, I think you just you, you ramble around comics and cartoons for a yeah. long time, and you say lots of raunchy jokes about <laughs> toys. Uh, Is it just you, or do you have a co-host? No, no, co-host I have, I have a co-host, because I, I could never do this on my own. Um, we're basically going to be covering a sitcom that came out in 2014. Okay, neat. 
that, Wait, that what only lasted for 13 episodes. Uh, Selfie with oh, uh, wow. John Schoen, Karen Gillan. Nobody, Karen like, Gillian, yeah. Yeah, it, it didn't last for very long, um, but it's... So this, um, it's going to be one... We're, each episode of the show will recap in one episode, and then there will be another episode in which we sort of discuss that further um, and okay. sort of extrapolate on what took place the week prior. Uh, so I think 27 episodes is it. We'll do 27 episodes of this podcast, and we'll be done. Yeah. Cool. So if we have any any selfie fans in the comic book dungeon audience, this is uh, a golden opportunity, and you can get in on the ground floor. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you want to search for it uh, when it finally is up, it's um it's going to be called Selfie Valuation. So selfie, C L F I E space valuation. Awesome. Oh, and one other thing oh. for me. I, I do want to encourage everyone to go watch OKKO, OK which is just a great view. Ten minutes an episode. How can you not? It's easy to invest, and they've got five-minute shorts, too. Did they do a Captain Planet episode? They did. It was I did see that. so good. Yes. That, it's one of the funniest shows I've, I've seen in quite a while. Perhaps my favorite cartoon of the year. And Voltron awesome. Legendary Defenders just want, just just dropped. There's so much good what stuff out there. Isn't even that oh, they good. got a new season of Voltron up? It just dropped today, my friend. I oh don't God. understand okay. why people like Voltron awesome. so much. Okay, Evan, shut up. You're not yeah, part of this yeah, conversation. No, no. Yeah, leave. Uh, Quit on, the call. It's a bunch <laughs> of lion robots that come together exactly. and fight shit. Oh, okay. I just I saw the first is my new co-host. Damn, there's so many freaking tangents here. Okay, speaking of Voltron, did you watch Batman Ninja? I did oh, watch I Batman did. Ninja. Yeah. What did you think of that shit, Hilarious. man? Hilarious. If you described to someone verbatim the events that took place in Batman Ninja, they would not believe you. Exactly. It was bonkers. It was also an hour and 45 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it, was... it took me less time to beat The Witcher 3 with all of the Gwent side quests. <laughs> <laughs> okay, did we get enough tangents in there right at the end? Send people to Google? Yeah. Okay, so we all have wives and we've all played The Witcher. I get it. <laughs> Evan, are you still here? What are you doing? <laughs> you need to get a wife or get the Witcher. I just don't know what else to say. Yeah, don't get both. Whatever you do, they are no, not compatible. No, they are not yes. compatible at all. Your life will explode. It's like pouring, uh, I don't know, Coke and Mentos on each other. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't go well together. Yeah. Also, I'm really excited for uh, Project Red's next uh, uh, project, uh, The Wifer. Really good. You know what? I thought about making a joke similar to it, and I was like, "No, it's bad." <laughs> I know a bad joke. My other one was going to be Spouser Punk twenty seventy seven. That's my name on PlayStation Network. What? Awesome. <laughs> I know your team must be joking. It is. We uh, by that that no, we can cover that off air. But it's fun when a, uh, two podcasts come together like this. I can't think of anything that's more Voltron-like, if you think about it, right? Dude, it's completely true. I th- Maybe this won't make it on air, but every time there's that scene where all the lion parts are, like, interlocking oh. and stuff, all I can think is sex metaphor. Is yeah. like, this is all just a metaphor for this enters and then that one, and then we're all... Yeah, Luke, can like, you stop making those actions? My... <laughs> You made a bit of a fisting motion, is what I, I believe. There's things going on, too, here, man. There's a lot of stuff with these digits. There's something wrong with you. You're sexually repressed if you've never gotten a heart on watching Voltron. <laughs> and there's data, a lot of data, to support that. <laughs> yeah, it's a mental health fact, listeners. It is. It is. It's in the DSM-5. If you don't get at least a little sexually excited, there's actually a name for that. Uh, Non-Voltronitis. It's true. <laughs> wow. Well, 
Oh, cool. Uh, so I, this is all going to be in the show. We don't cut things, so don't worry. Okay. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, the world could not live with if it didn't hear sexual stuff in Voltron in the same. I, I was really scared people yeah. were going to think better of me there for a second. Oh, uh, trust me. It's got to be some that. flash fiction there. Okay, I thank you guys for all your time. Really, thank you a million and, for having us on. Yeah, this has been a yeah, blast. Is, thanks, guys. We're really really wonderful. This is our, our first guest spot. It, this uh, is literally together. Yeah, and this is our first guest spot together. This is our first conversation together, us with you guys, Mark and Cruz. So it's it's been thrilling to get to talk to you guys and get to know, to get to know you. Awesome. Yeah, this is our first video Skype episode that we've ever done. Yes. So this has been uh, weird having to police my uh, my features into a semblance of normal human emotions. So yeah. It's been tech. This is the first time I've ever looked at three humans at the same time, and I'm a little <laughs> overwhelmed. No. Yeah. Oh. Okay, well... All right. uh, thank you guys. I'll let you know when the episode's up. Yeah, yeah. please. Thank That'd you for awesome. your time. Thanks, thanks, no problem. Definitely, oh, yeah. Uh, and maybe uh, recap sometime. So, that is our legendary interview with Evan and Luke, the Scooby Dudes. I'm going to leave you guys with the first 15 minutes that we spoke to them before we started the show, where we just kind of got to know each other and jumped quickly from topic to topic. Again, I want to thank Luke and Evan, the Scooby Dudes, for taking the time to talk to us. And you can find them at www.scoobydudes.com. And how are you guys doing, Dungy? Oh, uh, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, sorry, we were just ignoring you. It's not that we couldn't hear you. No, that was you guys. I wasn't sure if you were doing video, and I had to uh, fudge with some of my settings on my side. Can we call you the Dungaroos? The Dungaroos. I can only speak for me. I I don't have a problem with that. I've been a bit mysterious too in my communications with no first name. I am Mark. And uh-huh. the other guy, he is his. We actually use his last name. He's Cruz, and he should be on here any minute. All right, no rush. I actually didn't realize this, but it seems obvious now. Is your recording partner Terry Cruz? I can hear it now that I think back on the episodes I've listened to. You you you've listened to the podcast. I have. Oh, do you? Uh... And I can't. I can't not hear it now. Now that you mentioned it. Okay. Yeah. We're still very much up and coming, so it's always fascinating when people are like, hey, I heard this, what's going on, or I want to talk about this. So, uh, How long have you guys been podcasting? Yeah. Since uh, October. Oh, that is pretty recent. Yeah. Nice. Fresh. Luke, Certified it's weird to fresh. think that we're like, we're not like vets. We're, we're, I was but, about to say, we are, we are veterinarians at the podcasting game at this point. It really, for us, feels so much like everybody is a veteran compared to us in podcasting. So. I mean, a, a new Scooby-Doo podcast just started, what, like two weeks ago? Uh, how do you guys I, feel about that? I mean, I haven't heard their I haven't heard their stuff yet. I don't know. Yeah, we're definitely going to judge them and feel superior to them regardless <laughs> of what they do or how they do it, but... I don't know, the, more, the more the merrier, I feel like. it's. It really doesn't, I don't think, reduce any traffic from us. It's shocking to me how new ones, like, since we began, I believe three have started. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's probably hard for you to relate to, Mark, given that you guys are the only co- podcast about comics, but it's it gets a little crowded on the Scooby-Doo side. It, uh, I actually think we're pretty secure, because so far all we've pretty much covered is Kill Raven and Punish Sember, which I feel we have the monopoly on those two areas. Kill Raven? I don't know, man. There are a lot of Kill Raven podcasts. 
I actually I listen to a lot of Kill Raven podcasts. I think Scott Ackerman just started one with Paul Lepp and Lauren Lapkus. <laughs> Man, that Freedom wasn't enough. That would destroy me because our production <laughs> values are zero. So I'm sure theirs would be much more uh, listenable. Yeah, but they they tied it in with CISO, so it's it's going down. It's not really going to happen. Um, no, I I I generally think of myself as someone who's pretty knowledgeable on nerd culture from a bird's eye view. Like I like to think of myself as someone who knows a little bit about everything. But your guys' podcast, listening in on it, I'm like I am so so very ignorant of comic books. Yeah, we. It, it is. Oh, go ahead. It is funny, just Luke, you saying that you are. Um, Maybe, like, you, you think of yourself as a jack-of-all-trades? No, nah, maybe not a jack-of-all-trades, but, like, maybe a, a ten-of-all-trades or, or a nine. Certainly not the Queen King race. Because I was talking to Beth about how, like, oh, I don't really know a lot about Star... Like, I don't really care about Star Wars. But I was mm. talking to her about, like, Darth Maul and the fact that he had, like, robot spider legs at one point and also a brother named Savage Opress. Well, that's because you and I are Wikipedia cruisers, I think, when it comes to most of this stuff. But I'm not even a Wikipedia cruiser when it comes to the, like, the, the level of comic books and dungeons that you guys discuss. Um, that's, that's, I think, what we bring to the table. Each of us has a mm. different strength. And uh, Marvel's definitely always been kind of my thing. And DC's always kind of been cruises. And oh, I know... good, actually. That's, that's a good... Um, it's nice to have a foot, one person in both camps. Yeah, that's, that is good. Evan and I split it up by knowledge versus ignorance. And that's kind of... We each bring that to the table... I think it's more that I'm willing to do the legwork. Okay, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, in industriousness versus uh, sloth, if you will. I think we work on a, yeah. a similar concept. Okay, he just. Oh, in. okay. Ooh, Luke. no, no. Wait, I want to hear more of this. A, a similar concept. Who's who's the Evan on your guys' side? Oh, it's it's funny how we started because the concept for this podcast is completely different than what it is. Uh, I originally, with somebody else, was going to do the Greatest American podcast, where we covered the Marvel uh, G.I. Joe run from the 1980s, and that never really took off, but I never really gave up on the idea, and then for whatever reason, I thought going as obscure as possible would be fun, and people would enjoy that, and so that's why we, we started out with the Amazing Adventures Kill Raven stuff, and we're I both. definitely think it's a lot about like hooking people to onto your personality. Yeah, and I think we're pod- yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, Evan, do you mean podcasting in general or comic book dungeon specifically? <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I I mean with podcasting. I feel like you could. Yeah. People need to have a passing knowledge of what you're discussing, but once they know you and your personality, then that's how you get them. Yeah, that's we're we're hoping people. for that, and I'm excited because we're. We're almost done with Kill Raven, and once we transition from Kill Raven, we're going to the Star Trek The Motion Picture Marvel Comics run and the Godzilla Marvel Comics run. So, Ooh, yeah, wow. these are things that even if people haven't read the comics, they're they're more popular. And it, this is really tripping me out because it's weird to talk back to people that you've only heard as voices out of your like your your pod playing machine before. So this is really kind of trippy for me. Uh, so two things. So the first to Mark, which is, um, so how old are you in Cruise, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, I'm about to turn 37, and he is 40-something. Okay. Okay. So you guys have about, like, 10 years on us. 
Yeah, <laughs> I, that was one thing I picked up early on with you guys was that you were, I think you're both in your 20s? Yep, I just turned 28. Well, you just said 10 years, so yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other, and this is possibly much more important. Um, you, let's How say, old do you feel? Let's say you have oh, yeah. um, an Irish person. And uh, what? <laughs> bear with me here. Bear with me here. There's an Irish person, uh, a, fa- a father, let's say, and someone um, someone is refusing to give his child, what? let's say, a, let's say a treat or a snack. What, what would this Irish person say? I I don't know how to answer that because there's many this, conflicting instincts with that for me. Uh, for, for reference, Mark, you're not missing anything that you would know by listening to or recording on our podcast. That wouldn't give you any insight into what Evan is doing right now. I am also flying blind. <laughs> okay, here's Cruz, and I guess I yeah, heard, up, I didn't realize my video was on. Your video is not on. No. I like to think that this person would say something along the lines of, "Give it to me, baby." Oh, jeez. That's a great place for you two to step in. Um, man, I... Luke, I you, don't shake your head at me. <laughs> I had a feeling this might go this way with a video podcast, and not to get too overly familiar, that's why I made sure I wear pants. That's not normally how I record a podcast. And we've I'm talked actually, about that in the past. I'm not wearing pants. I was between. I almost dressed up in my like interview outfit today just to make a good impression, but no. That is very, yeah. very funny, because I'm wearing pants, but my dick is out. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, All same right. here. Do, wait, do any of us have our dicks in? That feels kind of odd, if we could not do that. Um, yeah, sure, why not? Everyone yeah. just, <laughs> no, just hang out with our wangs out. My dick is totally <laughs> oh, in. That is it. a second or third podcast sort of thing. You don't just start out with that. <laughs> you don't just get to third on the first date. you got to romance a little bit. Yeah, Mark wants to take it slow, okay? Oh, hey, you know, we're, we're all about that, too. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely want to get to know each other first. <laughs> Do you want more wine, by the way? Look, the uh, glass is looking a little empty. Wine sounns good. Oh, that How much coffee me. do you guys drink before recording? That's um, what, what I forgot like my Mountain Dew. A lot. Nice. See, I couldn't get more Mountain Dew if I didn't have pants on. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Oh, jeez. Okay. I guess we should maybe talk about a plan here. Um, Oh, yeah. Yes. Plan? What's that? We've never used one of those before. (laughs) That's what Evan does. I don't know that. true. So we had talked, we were going to do a grab bag episode, and we actually did one like a month ago, but we never got to the the comics that we were going to discuss. We actually grabbed the bag. Yeah. Yeah, we left the bag on the ground. Unmolested. Yeah. We actually haven't yeah. released in like an episode in a month, and I'm finally happy to say this episode that it got the audio got dumped like twice, and I've had to re-edit it now. Like I found my third edit through is finally done. So, but uh, I guess that's neither here nor there. I was going to maybe talk about the Nightmare on Elm Street comic. I don't know if you're going to talk about God Country Cruise, or I mean we uh, could just we could have a total get... ADD. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Let's go full ADD on it and just freaking run wherever it goes. Yeah. Let's just so, keep adding. Uh, Luke, you have a comic. Uh, which comic? Was it one of the ones I referenced that I read a lot as a kid? But, like, you had, did you have an issue? 
Um, the actually the specific one that I it wasn't really a specific issue. If I may, uh, let me be right back. I'm not wearing pants, so I hope this doesn't go. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with whatever. A specific issue, no issue, because I I have a bunch of Scooby Doo related stuff right, that so I could throw out at you. Off brand potentially, but I just read um, one I got from the library called Satania. Oh, that, cool. that was a very interesting read, and I really liked it. It's by this writer, Velman, who I've read elsewhere. So okay. it's a one-shot, but it's one that I'd be interested to discuss. Oh, yeah. We can, Either we can that or that. just, like, <clears throat> the various comics from my youth I'd love to touch on. Yeah, I would, but I think, none maybe... None in that specificity. Yeah, maybe a more free-flow thing. I have some Scooby-related questions. I have to confess, I have not listened to your whole library. I'm, I'm not sure how many episodes so in. so much of it. Please yeah. don't do that. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I wouldn't. I would highly recommend against it. Fifty oh, full, fifty episodes of just recaps, on top of I think a dozen uh, other episodes. Wow. Yeah, it's too wow. much. And I likewise, I have to admit, I haven't listened to your guys' entire library. I have to apologize. Oh, I, no worries. I, There's I, only I so much cannot... time in a day. I don't True. even my mom hasn't listened to to our whole library and I'd say she's our most consistent uh, she is listener. Our biggest fan. We're really glad that our moms don't listen to our podcast. Actually, yeah, but your mom has listened to all of our podcast episodes, so that's I feel like she's fallen off a little bit. <laughs> but at one point she was like very uh very loyal. Yeah. Like every time a new episode would come out. That feels I mean, she uh, can... pretty awkward, sorry. No, is it? <laughs> I agree. It's very awkward, Evan. Your mom's weird. She is here. I'm seeing her tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> tell her you said that. Tell her how you're weird for me. Oh. I think I'm going to start the episode, and then maybe we can edit all of this in as well, because this is just... I like the I, I, I like the freewheeling nature here. If that's okay. okay. If, I, if it's okay yeah. for, for me specifically to be very scattered. Um. Huh. We haven't really figured out what we're doing yet, so it would be a bit hypocritical <laughs> for us to tell you what you could and couldn't do. All right. No you curses are off I'm the gonna, table. Yeah, oh, I'm going to so lock my door. Hold on. No yeah. topic too blue. Are we, we all going to uh, record, like, because I know Luke and I record a certain way just so that we know how we're all recording this audio. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you guys pulling our audio, or should we record that independently? Oh, um, that's a great question. And... Again, this is the only other time I've had people on the podcast. They came to my house at, like, midnight. It was this weird sort of deal. Oh. Like, my wife was asleep upstairs, and they came over. Um, we use Audacity. Do you guys use Audacity? That's yes. exactly what I use. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes me feel good, because I also use a program called Pamela that records the Skype call. And it's only <clears throat> screwed up once, but I use that as both of those, in because we've had issues with one failing. Um. I tried to do something where I have a crappy laptop that I put Skype on and Pamela on, and for whatever reason, it would not pick up the the Pamela would not pick up the audio because that was going to be my safe bet that if something happened to our primary. But yeah, I can I'm recording, and if you guys wouldn't mind, I can kind of go over the the audio this weekend, and if I need to pull it, we have a our Gmail account or our Microsoft OneDrive account if you wouldn't mind uploading it. Right. So, Luke, do you want to let's just sync up our audio? We can start recording. Yep. I'll just go ahead and start recording on Audacity and we can send you guys the MP3s after. There you go. So, you want to, Luke, you want to count us down? Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. We can just start anytime. 
How do right. you guys do your countdown? I just count us down like five, four, three, two, one. Then we both hit record, and then I sync it up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And edit a little bit to trim the natural delay in Skype calls or Google Hangouts as we do. Okay. Right. So wait, Luke, are you recording right now? Because I, I, I thought it might be easier for them if I, if our two tracks work maybe okay, a little so more synced up. I'll, I'll, I'll count us down then. Let's do a five, four, three, two, one. Evan and I are on. We're in. Boom. Awesome. Right. Rock and roll. What so, have... uh, oh, correct sorry. me if I'm wrong, this is a podcast about comics. So, Luke, who's your favorite stand-up comedian? Uh, you know, like, <laughs> it was it was Dave Chappelle for a long time. Of course, you, you gotta go back and listen to the classics, the Richard Pryor, the George Carlin, but, you know, Dimitri Martin took over while I was in college for a little bit, but today, right now, it's gotta be Louis C.K. He's on top like... of the world. He's beyond reproach. It's his sterling personal record that really puts his comedy <laughs> over the top for me. Oh, geez, yeah. And I, I just really want to, you know, interweave his brand with the comic book dungeon brand. I feel like that's probably the strongest opening I can lend to you guys here who have been so kind to have us on your podcast. Is comic book dungeon not the Louis C.K. of comic book podcasts? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think we're more the Bill Cosby of the, comic oh. book podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was hoping for the Harvey Weinstein, but we don't have that kind of pull. Am I the only one who's addicted to doing Bill Cosby impressions? I do them at work all the time, like all the fucking time. And people, I guess people have gotten used to it, but I guess that's just me, that I have not let this scandal slow down me. My bad. I think you might be the only one who's addicted to it because I can oh. stop anytime I want. Yeah. 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 I, think the, I think that's just a generational thing, though. Because mm, yeah. I don't think I've ever done a Bill Cosby impression. Really? I, I, that's good, because I, I started a couple of years ago, and I couldn't stop. So, Oof, that's tough. Yeah, Evan, do, Derek, you've never, have pop. you ever said the words pudding pop, Evan? I just, sorry, to go back to what Mark said, I think that's a really good example of, of this dangerous, I mean, it's, a, it's an addiction that you can fall into. Some might say that once you put in pop, you can't stop. <laughs> oh, I keep forgetting to start the podcast. <laughs> So we, That's a we got, cold open. We got yeah. This is a nice cold open. Okay, let's just is go it? with okay. it. Okay, it's good to know. <laughs> hey, this is what makes Rock us a, this whole thing great. It's very real. We don't know what we're doing. People don't know what they're listening to. People love it. Gotten away with it too. It wasn't for these blasted kids and their dogs.